You're now listening to Pastor Anthony Lopez with World Renegade Church. Now I got a question for the ladies here, just to kind of wake you up if you're kind of feeling sleepy. How many girls shop at Forever 21? Woo! Only one? Man, I was expecting in my mind, like, yeah! Like, all the girls going crazy. Yeah, I shopped there today. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of girls here, I forgot. But, all right, so, so all y'all, you girls here shop at Forever 21, right? Yeah. And, and it's a good spot, and you get dope stuff there. I, I kind of go there, too. They have a guy section, come on. But, yeah, you know, I shop there, too. And you're probably wondering, why are you talking about Forever 21, bro? Well, check this out. I know y'all know this bag, this famous bag here, right? The yellow bag, yes, Forever 21. This is an awesome place. They're really successful, and the owners are, are believers. The husband, Mr. and Mrs. Chang is their name. So they're Korean, and, and they're believers. But check this out. How many guys have ever seen this at the bottom of the bag? It's like, man, the first time I seen it, it's like, oh, my God, so dope, John 3.16. You guys know that verse? Y'all want to say that with me? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall everlasting life. And that's on that bag. So that gets me excited. And there's many other chains that operate um, as Christians. Um, yeah, Chick-fil-A um, and some other ones. Hobby, Hobby. Hobby Lobby. There's an In-N-Out Burger. They have John 316 underneath their cups and stuff. But that verse has so much to it, man. And, and, and Jesus said something in the scriptures. He said that we would do greater than him, right? And when we think of it, I remember I used to think so dumb, like, no, we can't do greater than Jesus. No way. He, he's healing people. He's healing the blind. He's, he's doing all these things. He's casting out demons. And, but Jesus didn't say it. And, and, and that since we could, we have that power to do that. But it was greater like, man, we have a greater reach, right? In this time, in this age, we have a greater reach to go reach people, to go tell others about Jesus Christ, to spread the name of Jesus Christ, to spread the fame of Jesus Christ. In this room, there's many gifted individuals who sing, who rap, who dance, who do video, who can hack. Richard King. <laughs> but we have, we have people in this room that have gifts and abilities and talents. Look at the disciples, guys. And I just want you to think with me for a second. Number one, there were 12 ordinary guys, right? Nothing really amazing about them. Nothing that, would, that in our minds would say, I want to pick these guys right now. If, if I was Jesus, me saying, I want to pick these guys. In our minds, it would be like, man, I want to pick the Pharisees. I want to pick the religious scholars. I want to pick the guys who know everything in the law, right? But that wasn't Jesus' heart. That wasn't what Jesus looked for. Jesus wanted those who were normal, who were average. If you want to put it in the sense of, of school, he didn't want those who did four years in Bible college. He didn't want those with a 4.5555675 GPA. <laughs> he wanted those who were what? Ditching class, right? He wanted those who, like myself, were tagging in math class and not paying attention. I'm not going to say my GPA, but he picked me. <laughs> and even if you're smart and God, and God gave you that, amen, man. But, but God picks us who are normal people. And we're going to reach normal people, guys. And we're going to reach people just like us who were broken just like us. We all have testimony. We all have a story to tell. We all have something we've been through, right? Whether it was with our family, our parents, someone close to us, a friend. We all have something that, that God took and redeemed and, and he changed it so that now we could be what living testimonies living witnesses to those who do not know and it wouldn't be that we would be so different but that we would say christ saved me christ redeemed me he can do the same for you he can do the same for you and we have that hope there's no other hope there's no other name the bible says given under heaven by which man can be saved right and so we know that name jesus christ lives in us the bible says he's in us and he says that he'll never leave us or forsake us so as we go out and make disciples, we have these things that we not only 
that would have us feel good, but it's like, man, I stand on, on Christ. He's my rock. He's my foundation. He's going to be with me. I have something that can change someone's eternal destination. I have the gospel. I have the truth. I know the way and the life, Jesus Christ. And there's so many people who are seeking. There's so many people who are seeking for, for a truth, right? For something that can save them. For something that can change them. And with discipleship and with us as believers in Christ and, and those who would call on his name and those who would seek his face and those who would draw near to him, he would do a work in us. And in John 15, it says, through us, he'll bear much fruit. He would bear much fruit through us. And then he'll prune us. And then he'll bear more fruit. And the Bible says that God is the vine dresser. You guys remember what the vine dresser was? He comes and he, he inspects us in our lives. Let's say we're all trees here. He inspects our branches. If there's something there that, that's sinful, he takes it off. If he sees that we've already bore fruit, he cuts off the fruit so that we can bear more fruit and give him glory. And so prove to be his disciples. That's what the Bible says. And so as renegades of the world dying to change it, we literally every day have to die to ourselves, right? Yes. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to my passions. If there's a sin you're struggling with in your life, you have to die to these things. In Romans, it says that we are no longer alive in sin, right? We're dead to sin. We're dead to sin. So as disciples, we have to know that, man, and be dead to sin. Why? Because we can't reach anyone, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we can't reach anyone who's dead in sin when we're still in the same sin that they're in, or we're still in, in a secret sin that we're struggling with, or a thing that we're dealing with. I'm not saying God won't use you in, in those seasons and that time, and, and, and of course, by His Holy Spirit, allow you to, to hate that sin and run away from that sin. But we want to be pure, right? The Scripture says He's coming for a pure bride, a pure bride, and as a world church, we want to be a church that goes out, and in everything we do, like Pastor Israel said, we don't want our works to be burnt up in the fire when it's all said and done. So discipleship is only possible because of love. Because of love. Discipleship is only possible because of love. It all goes back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Because of love, he gave. And we see that also in Zacchaeus, right, in his life. He encountered Jesus Christ, who was what? Who is love. And immediately he did what? He gave back. He restored, he, he reconciled, he, he made everything right. And so that has to be our hearts when we go out to make disciples. I, I want to talk to you about Christ. And sometimes we make it so weird, like, how am I going to talk to someone? And, and then we decide not to do it, right? Just ask them, what do you think about God, man? I guarantee you they'll give you something of the, what they think about God. They're going to tell you what they think about God. They're going to tell you, I think I'm going to go to heaven because of this, that, and the other. But the thing is, we have the scriptures in us, right? We have the word of God, the living word of God. The word says it cuts. It cuts their hearts. It cuts the hearts of men. And we get to tell them the truth of where they stand with God, of where they stand with God. And it's not that you, you're stuck there and, and under the wrath of God, but that God gives hope through Jesus Christ. God makes a way through Jesus Christ so that we can know the Father, so that we can have fellowship with the Father, so that we can be used for His name and for His glory. First John chapter 4, verse 19, you don't have to turn there. It says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. How many of you guys remember when we went through First John? Everything in that book was about love. And if you don't have love, you're not a disciple. And if you don't know love, then you're not in the light, right? And if you don't practice love, then you're in darkness. But we have love, and we love because Christ first loved us. And as disciples, we can go out and show that love and, and display that love. It's a love unlike any other love. It's a love that's not the same as anyone else can offer it. It's a love that while we were enemies, Christ chose to die for us. And people need to know that. People need to know, man, God would love me while I was in sin? What? That's still in my brain. It's insane. It's like, how? How could you love me like that? While I was still in sin, you died for me, the Bible says. Oh, we get sinners in our enmity with God. He died for us. 
we need to tell people that. They need to know that. People have this mindset of, I got to come to God good with a clean slate. Jesus took people as they were. We have to accept people as they are. And what falls on us as disciple makers is the responsibility to now give them the truth of the gospel and the truth of Christ and, and lead them. I see it in this sense, like, like they're a baby, right? And even the guys, you're all going to have to be mamas here today. <laughs> so so we're, like, we're like the mom, and, and we show them, introduce them to Jesus Christ, and they're going to look to us as ones who would what? Who would walk them along the way, right? Teach them how to walk. Teach them how to, how to eat right. Teach them how to study the scriptures. So as disciple makers, we have to have that duty. They're going to be like, Mama. And we tell them about Jesus, and we help them walk. And if they stumble, we bring them back on the right path. But that's how we have to see it. It's amazing that God would even entrust us with that, right? Like such a huge responsibility. Listen, this is all the reason more why we have to live lives that are honoring to God, pleasing to Him. And this is our mission as a church, to go and tell, go and make disciples. The Bible also says our love for one another shows that we are His disciples. Just a second ago, I seen the love for one another when Pastor Adriel told us to hug. Oh my God, this is the love for one another that we have that proves we are Jesus' disciples. This is the love that we have that shows, man, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. People are going to get drawn to that because our love is not ordinary love. It's the love of Jesus Christ. There's so many people who are so far from that love, who are so lost and not in that love of God, who do not know the love of God, who have felt rejected and despised and hated and my family doesn't care about me. But there's someone so much greater, Jesus Christ, who does care, right? Who does want relationship. I love what the scriptures say, man. I love that the scriptures display that discipleship shows God's power. Discipleship really shows the power of God. It goes back to, to the disciples, the ordinary men, right? God using the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God using the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Remember in Acts, Peter and John were locked up and then they prayed. And they prayed for boldness. And the Pharisees at that time were like, man... These are ordinary, unschooled men, but they've been with Jesus. They knew it. Why did they know that? Because they spoke with boldness. They spoke with boldness. They spoke with authority. Jesus Christ always spoke with authority, always spoke with boldness. And as his disciples, guys, we have that same boldness. We have that same authority. At the name of Jesus, as we said when we prayed, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, lives are changed. At the name of Jesus, broken people are made new. And we can walk with that authority as we go and make disciples, as we go and tell. If we know nothing else, we know the name of Jesus, right? We know the gospel, we know that Christ and what he saved us from has been amazing and an immense thing in our hearts and in our lives. So it shows that he uses the weak things to confound the wise, and he used ordinary fishermen. We're all ordinary people in this room. There's nothing fancy about me. There's nothing amazing about me. I still, at times, I'm like... Wow, an amazement, right? That God would choose to do anything in my life. Use us here to be his church and glorify his name and make his name known among the nations. You heard about us through Facebook, right? She heard about us through Facebook, guys. People hear about us and they're like, man, I want to come see what's up. I want to come check it out. And so we have so much that we can use, so many means by which we can reach people. Instagram, Twitter, videos. And that's why God, Jesus says we can do greater, man. We can do so much greater than him. Mm. Let's use that. Let's, let's use that. Yes. Our lane is this church, as Pastor Israel said, is the arts. Mm. 
let's use that. King, spoken words, me, freestyling, whatever the case is, we have to use that. We want to use all our gifts that we have. So when it's all said and done, we'll be like, God, I used everything that you gave me, right? Yes. I used yes. everything you gave me for your glory, for your yes. name, for lives to know you, Jesus, for lives to know your truth and be free from sin. And so God uses discipleship to show his power, to, to show his strength, to show his mercy and, and humankind, to show the, how he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Another thing that, that's amazing about being a disciple and, and making disciples is we get to imitate Jesus in everything we do, man. We get to be just like Jesus Christ. A couple of things Jesus did. Jesus tells us to go, right? Jesus went, though. Jesus went. So he tells us to go, and he went. And we see Jesus' heart towards people was one of what? Compassion. One that, that wept over people. One that cared for those who were broken, right? One that cared for those who were lost. He says it's not the well that need a physician, but the sick. Those who are sick. Guys, we have to go to those who are sick. Those who, who are ill, that, that sin has been so like in their system and destroying their hearts and their minds and their thoughts and their lifestyle because the enemy only comes to kill still and destroy and devour. That's all he's good for. That's all he's going to do. It's like, you want to come kill still and destroy? I'm going to come with the life and with healing and, and, and yeah. speaking in truth. Yeah. Like the complete opposite of what you're going to do. And the Bible says the greater is he who's within me. So bam, what's good now? That's how it is, man. The enemy is nothing, guys. The, the devil is really nothing. We have Jesus in this room. Jesus yes. is here with us right now, tonight, rejoicing with us as he's being glorified. And it's like, man, let's go tell the world. That's why we're world renegade. Because we're so against the world and this pattern and these systems that we're going to bring and infiltrate them with the truth of the gospel and the, and the truth of Jesus Christ and the patterns of things above. So Jesus was a servant also, right? We see the most high God. Take the position of a lowly servant. The Most High who knows all things, who made all things, who by him, in him, and through him, all things have their being. Come and, and be a servant for 33 years. Come, come and serve. Come, come and give of himself. Come and pour into the lives of ordinary men and, and, and see them and, and challenge them and work in them. But we see that Jesus was a servant, man. If the Most High God could come down and serve and, and show us humility and being humble... Oh my gosh, then we can do that as well. Yes. By the fruits of the Spirit, we can do that as well. And be humble and serve. And it's tough to make disciples, right? You got to give them your time. But yeah, we have to think like that. Like, man, what's more important? Did I stay home and chill and watch this movie? Or did I go out, man, and just meet with this guy with a cup of coffee? And let's talk about your life. Let's talk about what you're struggling with, man. I want to be there for you. So we have to be like that and look for opportunities to make disciples. And look for, for opportunities to give your time. You remember my story with Pastor Adriel? This guy gave his time. We walked so many miles. If anyone can say you can't walk a mile in my shoes, it's, it's me and Pastor Adriel in our shoes. <laughs> like we walked a billion, quadrillion miles. And, and the thing that he gave was time. <laughs> the, the thing that he gave was his time. And, and that did something for me, right? And that obviously did something for the disciples. Three years Jesus spent with them. So we have to give time to people. I remember at this pastor's conference we were at, one of the pastors said, time is the best way to show that you love someone. Time is the best way to display you love someone. It is, right? When people spend time with you, you know they care for you. When people spend time with you, you know they're, they're there for you. They want to know you. They want to be there for you in all things, whether good or bad. So as us being disciples want to make disciples, I'm going to tell you, you're going to not waste some time. You're going to use some time for some people that would be a, for the benefit of them and their soul and their life in Jesus Christ. Yes. So we have to do that. We have to be ready for that. We have to what? Sacrifice. 
we have to let go of what? The flesh. The flesh wants to, I just want to do me. I just want to chill. I just want to be lazy and lay in my bed and eat this popcorn and watch this movie. It's like, no, get your butt up, get off the couch, put the bag of chips to the side and let them get stale and go make disciples and go tell people about Jesus and go tell them what he's done in your life and give them some time and show them that you love them and show them Jesus Christ through that love. Also, one thing Jesus always did, and we, I'm going to say always, was pray, right? He always prayed. He constantly prayed. If we want to make disciples, man, let's, let's be on our knees and pray. And I encourage you, church, if you've been lacking throughout this week, and as Pastor Angel said, if, if this time that we had uh, a couple minutes ago was the only time that you really pray, man, work that. Get that self-control. Get that self-discipline. Pray for self-discipline. Pray, God, let me use my time wisely. God, let me spend my time with you. Man, because when we're on our knees, that's how we get power. Yeah. That's how Jesus got power. That's how Jesus was able to do everything he did. Also through fasting and seeking him. Let's be a church on our knees, man. Let's be a church that's on our knees, that's praying for the lost souls. Pray for those people that come to your mind. Even when it seems like it's hopeless. Remember Zacchaeus, remember Saul. Pray for those people. Pray for those family members. Pray for those friends that you've continually reached out to. Pray for them. Um, Peter, pray for that dude, you know, that you continue texting, man, and he's doesn't seem to come over here, man. Keep praying for him. Keep spending time with him. Adami, keep going out with your friend from school and picking him up and talking about God and keep that going, man. You're sowing the seed and God is going to water that and God is going to bring that to fruition. Yes. So guys, and everyone else, keep doing what you got to do to make disciples. One more thing that's amazing. At the end of Jesus' ministry, when he's ascending, right, there's only 120 people there that were truly, that stuck with him till the end. 120 eyewitnesses, right? What happened to the multitudes that he fed? What happened to the crowds that were like, Hosanna, Hosanna, with those leaves that you see every Sunday on Palm Sunday? What happened to the, to the guy who owned the donkey that Jesus rode in on? It's like, what happened to all these people that called him Lord? Oh, man. What happened to them? They couldn't count the cost. They were just like the rich young ruler, right? They couldn't count the cost because I'm pretty sure all of them wanted temporary things of this life. And we see with the rich young ruler that it doesn't end well. He walks away sad, the Bible says, but it's, it's, it's really sad, right? That he would choose the temporary things of his life instead of having eternal life in Jesus Christ. It is really sad. But at the end of Jesus' ministry, there were 120 people. I would wonder, and only wonder, at the end of Ward Renegade Church, because we have so much more reach, because we have so much gifts that God has given us and blessed us with to make much of him, because we have amazing, awesome young, energetic, let's go do this people in here, and even if there's a viejo, let's go do this, I got wisdom, you know we're going to do this for Jesus Christ and I can only imagine how many people will be there at the end, right, they have come to Christ, they have come to knowledge of Christ, they have come to repentance of sin, like these are things we always have to rejoice in, and even though we don't see it now, think about that, think about those things, and the last thing is, is that Jesus sacrificed his life, he sacrificed his life for us, and it shows us that what, we must do the same sacrifice, sacrifice our life, count the cost, die to ourselves daily. Every day it's a funeral. Every day is a funeral for us, man. But every day is also new life in Christ Jesus. Yes. There's life in Christ Jesus. There's life in Him and in His gospel. One thing about discipleship, guys, that, that makes it so important is, again, you're spending time with people, that you're, you're sacrificing for them, that you're giving yourself up for them. Jesus was relational, right? We see Jesus building relationship. We see Jesus eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. We see Jesus chilling with the prostitutes. We see Jesus healing people, people flocking to Jesus. Jesus chilling and talking and, and feeding people and breaking bread. But it's relational. 
Discipleship is relational. You can't say, I'm going to make disciples, and you're in your basement, in your PJs. I'm just going to do it through Facebook. <laughs> no, can't do it, man. Just going to vox this guy. You can't do it. I mean, I'm not saying those are not vital, cool things that you can use in, in the midst of discipling someone, you know what I mean? But discipleship is to go out. Discipleship is to be active. Discipleship is to be like, I'm here, I'm ready, let's do this. I want to build with you, bro, or, or gal. You're giving them your time. You're being relational. We want to follow the master, Jesus Christ, who gave all of his time, who told them, the 12 men, come follow me, and that's exactly what they did, right? Everywhere he went, they followed him. They were like his tail, a really long tail, because there was 12 of them. I remember um, with Pastor Adriel, people, when I wasn't with him, people would ask me where he's at. <laughs> That's how much I was with him, dude. <laughs> then people would ask me where he's at, and I, sometimes they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you're asking me. I don't know where he's at. I'm supposed to know where he's at? Let me, let me call him right now. <laughs> but check it out, guys. This, it, it's funny. Yeah, it is, it is really funny. <laughs> people would really ask me that all the me time. Me too, they ask me that all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> For him, where's Anthony? But guys, the person, <laughs> the person you're discipling, man, let it be that you guys are like this. Let it be that your relationship is like this, and when they don't see you with that person, they're like, hey, Stephen, where's Jacob at? Hey, Daniel, where's Henry? But you, wanna, you want it to be that tight-knit. Discipleship has to be relational. Discipleship has to be like you're so much with that person that people know about it, that people know that you're sacrificing your time and your life for them. And then when they're not with you, they're like, hey, where's this guy at, man? So let, let, that, be, let that be true for us, for everyone. I, I want to be asking y'all, hey, where's this person at, man? And, and y'all have to know, man. But Jesus modeled discipleship for three years with 12 ordinary men. And we see in the gospel that four of the 12 men we're with him, and we see they write down every little thing in his life, right? Everything in his ministry. That's how much they were with him, dude. Like, they would write down when a demon came through. Like, even when the demons came through there with Jesus, right? Even when they were in the boat and, and lacking faith, Jesus was there with them. They wrote that down. Even their failures and faults, they wrote that down. And that's how much they were with him. Have his life in the book and the Gospels, right? They have the works he did in the Gospels. One thing I want to encourage you tonight with is that you weren't just made for yourself. As, as disciples, as those who would endeavor or, or strive to be disciples or want to be disciples or know about Christ, you weren't just made for yourself. If you guys could turn me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. We were made for so much greater. We were made for so much more than, than the day-to-day, -day, than living our life. And this is what the scripture says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. And what does that last part say? And for him. And for him. What does for him mean? That all things were made for God. It's for his, his, his glory, his pleasure, and for his use. When you make something for you, it's for you to use it, right? Yeah. For you to kind of, like, let's say I make the seat right here, right now. I'm not just going to make it and never use it, right, at all, never sit on it. I'm going to make it to sit on it and be there and use it. And someone else, come, come through and use my chair that I made. I'll make another chair, and I'm going to use it. But that's what God has made us for, everyone in here. God has made you for him, to do his work, to be a disciple, right, to make much of him. He wants to use you. We see it in Zacchaeus. Again, I'm going to continue to go back to these stories because it's exactly how it is in our lives. Zacchaeus just wanted to see Jesus, and he got so much more. And God did such a work in him, such an amazing work in his life. God used him completely for him and to glorify him, that he was repaying back people the money he had stolen 400 times at that, the amount he had taken from them. And if anyone had been wronged, he wanted to repay them back. 
And, and that's how we have to be, man. Where everything we do is like people hear about the work of God in our lives and, and man, God gets the glory and people come to Christ and people receive Christ and people repent from sin. So with that scripture, it's like God uses us for him and he, he makes us for him. Despite your age, despite where you came from or what you've been through, God has made you for him to make much of him. There's no, like when you think of I'm going to do me, it's like, what a waste of life. That's your whole life you're going to do you? You serious? And even when I think about it, I can't fathom it. Like, how do people live day to day? And yes, they might have awesome houses and awesome things and everything they wanted, but that's it. There's nothing greater. And they're living every day like the mundane, the awesome things that we don't have to live like that, right? That God says that he's made us for him. and He wants to use us for so much more than we ever thought of. And as a church, he's going to do that with us. Like, use us for so much more than we're even thinking of or probably planning up with our minds, right? He's probably up in heaven thinking, where do I get church? Y'all got no idea what I'm going to do with you. You don't even know. So, so God is like, that's how it is. We don't even know, man. But God's going to do so much more, yes. man. So much more. Let's just be willing. Let's just die to, continue to die to ourselves as disciples. Let's go out. Let's drop the fear. Let's drop the timidity. Let's go be bold for Jesus yes. Christ, man. Because then only in that way, in obedience, man, he's going to use us. And if you guys could turn with me to Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, the topic, of, the verse of the year, I'm sorry. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I believe by the end of this month, we're going to memorize this. And of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Listen, this is our job. This is our life. And when I say our life, this is our life. Like our whole life is going to be going and making, going and telling, going and showing people what Christ has done in our life. Can you guys say this with me? If we don't go, if we don't go, they won't know. They won't know. That's the truth in Scripture. If we, if we don't go, they're not going to know. They're not going to know. Check this out. If we don't go, they won't know, right? You know who else knows that? If we don't go, they won't know. The devil knows that, right? I'm pretty sure when, when Jesus um, commissioned his disciples to go out, the devil kind of heard that, right? He was listening in. He, he was there. And so now it, it clearly makes sense why, why cults and Jehovah's Witness and Mormons would do what? They're going to go out. They're going to go tell. They're going to go share their quote-unquote faith in what they believe is true. It makes complete sense. It's like, why would the devil not try to take the most amazing, powerful, effective means to reach the world? Because he heard it from the mouth of Jesus Christ and twisted and corrupted. Not really reach people, but really infect them with, with corruption and lies and deceit and get them further from God, right? I know at times we could always make fun of Jehovah's Witness, but what are they doing? They're doing what we should be doing, right? Not that we should knock on every door, I'm not saying that. Not that we should ride our bikes with black pants and a white shirt with our hair combed to the side. That's not the case, man. <laughs> That's not the case. But we see that the enemy is obviously using that, right? Come on, man. Let's take that and run with that as a church. That Jesus said, go and tell, and these cults are doing that? Let's go and tell. Let's, in a sense, redeem that. Yes. Let's redeem that. Because I think what the church has been, and I'm not saying that inviting people here is bad. Don't get, me, don't get it twisted. But I'm saying the church has gotten too lax with, man, let me just invite someone here. Instead of you going and you telling and you making relationship and them seeing your face and them hearing your heart. You know what I mean? 
and, it, and it's been, I guess, in a sense, a lost art, if you want to call it that, with the church where, where people just come here, but no one goes and tells. So, so let's redeem that as a church. Let, let's not just have the Jehovah Witness one-upping us on that, as it's been the case always, and there's statistics to prove that. Let's not just have the Mormons one-upping us on that, man. I want to read one more verse before I close tonight. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 17. You guys have it. Say amen. 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 And this is what it says, the word of God. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You guys see the implications of that verse, and how that plays out for us, and how that goes back to Jesus telling us, go out and make disciples. All authority has been given to me. I'm giving y'all authority to go do this in my name. People won't hear if we don't go. People will remain deaf to the truth of the gospel if we don't go. You see what the scripture says here? And they, how should I hear without a preacher? Yes, all y'all here are preachers of the truth of the gospel in that sense. Go out and preach. Go out and proclaim the good news. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. We want to have those beautiful feet. We want to have feet that are in motion, right? Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go do this. Not stagnant. Not feet that aren't moving. That we don't have beautiful feet. We're not preaching the good news. Again, when you even think of the armor of God, they're called the sandals of the gospel of peace. And with sandals, you go out and walk, right? Let's put those sandals on as a church. Let's go out, man. And I encourage you guys to continue to pray for boldness. Pray for boldness, man. Pray for God to remove the fears in you that would have you not talk about him, right? The things that you probably think like, oh, I can't do this. No, man. We have the Holy Spirit. We have power in us. But that said, I want to pray with us tonight here. Thank you for listening. Visit razoo.com forward slash World Renegade Church and help World Renegade in reaching their communities, the city, and the world with the transformational power of the gospel.